And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Stars Matter, a recruiting podcast from the Athletic. I'm Mitch Light, joined by Ari Wasserman. Ari, it's Wednesday afternoon. You're looking good. How was your weekend, buddy? Yeah, I mean, this is Wednesday. I'm 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 just now recovering from a 36-hour hangover. So. Uh, I'm just, I'm washed up, man. I'm old. I know. Like, if this is you, if this happens when you're 35, what are you going to do? Like, every year it's going to get worse. I, I mean, I think the, I, the point is that most people, uh, when don't they're 35, do don't do it. Uh, but uh, back in my 20s, I used to own Vegas. And now it's just like, you know, one night, and it takes me 48 hours to start to feel like myself. But I do feel like I've got my voice back, uh, which is good. Um, and I recorded Andy's show the other day pretty in pretty rough shape. But I'm starting to feel good. My voice is back. My nose is not clogged. And I'm ready to talk about some recruiting with you, man. How are you okay. doing? I missed you this weekend. I, I, I missed you too. The text I got from you on Sunday before you recorded was like, I have to record Andy's show. I think I'm going to die. So yeah. I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't die, Ari. Very, very much so. Um, all right. So today we're going to bounce around the nation. Um, we're going to get some updates on how certain states are being recruited. I always find that very interesting. Like, is the home state school doing well? Are they not? What's going on there? So just, I picked about four or five states randomly. The first big week into the season, last weekend had some big time visitors on campuses, some committed, some not committed. Uh, we'll take a look at one of our stories that ran last week. We, we referenced it last week, but we didn't talk about it, where we ranked the top players at each ranking position, one through 25 in the modern era. We're going to look at notable commitments, mailbag, and trivia. So, Let's get right in it, right into it, Ari, because there was some several questions in your mailbag mm-hmm. about. I think fan, it was about basically like my team won. We had a great atmosphere. Are we going to get fifty commitments out of it? Basically, like a lot of fans, rightfully so, they get fired up when their team wins and there's a great crowd. And their questions like at Florida, Ohio State, how does that impact recruiting? And I'll let obviously I'll let you answer. You answered in your mailbag, but. I think it's one. It's important to note it matters, but it's not the decisive. People people typically don't commit just because there's a great atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, I think it's like one of those things where you, it's kind of a gamble a little bit because you want to have a happy weekend and you want your prospects to come during a weekend where you win so that every everything is goes according to plan. But on the same token, your best crowds, your best atmosphere, your best showcase for your university happens to come when you're playing against a team that is either really good or is a big game for whatever reason. So most coaches will will have their big hosting weekends during those big time primetime games or you know night games or or rivalry games, you know. So I mean the questions really were about Florida because Florida had Cormani McLean on, on campus who I believe is their number one overall player on left on their board and yeah, corner, top, cornerback from Miami. Yeah, five star top five player nationally, I believe, unless the rankings have changed. Um and Cedric Baxter, uh, one of the top running backs in the country from Orlando, who's a Texas commit, was also mm-hmm. 
Yeah, so I think they had like 10, 15 guys on there. Some 2024 kids, too, were there. And the, the idea is like, well, does this mean that these, are gonna, these guys are going to flip now? And I don't think that it necessarily works that way. Um, and I know that people are excited about, you know, hey, our, our team won a game. We've got momentum now. And, you know, a lot of times those big-time wins that people get to experience, um, you know, could could play a, a host of – uh, different reasons why somebody would want to be a part of that program. But the thing you have to realize too, is that the kids that are visiting your school are also officially visiting other schools with big stadiums and good environments, you know, and that's the thing that's so interesting to me, just like the swamp. I've never seen a home game there, but I've seen home games at Penn state and Wisconsin, and Ohio state, Oregon. Um, you know, I've been around a lot and they're all really cool environments, you know, and, you got to bring something more to the table than that, you know? And I, I think I'm, I'm crazy um, sometimes, but I feel like losing closely is more of a sales pitch than winning even, you know, that's what I was going to jump in. They just yeah. use that. Like, Hey, look how, look how good we are. Look how close we are with you at defensive end next year. You're, you're, you're going to put us over the top. It's like Keon Keeley was at the Ohio state game, former Notre Dame commit uh, five-star prospect who everybody assumes is going to, to be going to Alabama at some point. But it's like, if I were Notre Dame, I'd feel pretty good about that. Like, hey, look how close we are to Ohio State. You were once committed to us, and, like, you could be the type of player that could put a game like this on our favor. Like, I I personally think that that goes well. So, you know, obviously it's a really good thing. And a lot of times, and, and one of the more underrated things about home visitors, Mitch, is that, you know, they talk to the other commits. They talk to the other players visiting. And a lot of times, if they have a really good time, they form bonds with these guys and they want to play together. So, you know, I've seen, you know, during my time covering Ohio State, uh, Mark Pantone has a, a picture in his office of Joey Bosa, Ezekiel Elliott, Eli Apple, and one other really good player. I can't remember who the fourth one was, all on a recruiting visit for a, the same game. And they all became first round draft picks and national champions. So it happens. But, you know, you want more visitors, more games, more wins, and it all kind of is like a snowball effect. It's like collecting dividends on a stock. It's like you're not going to get rich off of one dividend, but if you hold it for a long period of time and you keep reinvesting in your in yourself, it, it turns into a lot of money. So, like to me, I think that's one big step. It's one good thing. It's something that McLean will remember about Florida, um, and the hope is that they land them at the end of the cycle. You know what also can pay a lot of money? When NIL? You, no. When you bet on – well, that can too. But when you bet on LSU down 14 points late in the game to win mm-hmm. and they come close to winning. but so, Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't, yeah. yeah. Good, good effort. Would, good try. What idiot would do that? I know. Exactly. Okay. Conversely, big wins, great environments, or strong showings. My note here is Louisville WTF. Like we've been talking about Louisville for their off-season recruiting – Number 17 class right now, two top 100 guys. Ruben Owens, at I, I think he's still the number one running back in the country. Number 18 overall, DeAndre Moore, the wide receiver. Um, number 71, five total top 225 guys. I'm interesting, interested to watch, conversely to the, what we just talked about, if Louisville has a really bad season, what happens to that class? Well, yeah, because I'm looking at their class right now, and they don't have. A for everyone, they, they got they've got what 31 to seven, whatever the score was. They lost badly at Syracuse. Not a good start. Yeah, um, the funniest thing about this whole thing is, I think later on in the episode, your plan was to talk about in-state recruiting, right? Yes. Have did you look at Louisville's class yet? 
Well, I know what it is. It's like all California. Do you know how many players from the state of Kentucky are in Louisville's class right now? Zero. Zero. Yes. So, like, that's the thing. Like, that's, you know, I don't know. Um, when players commit, I think that people think that bad games or losses they care about more than they do. I agree. Like, and, just... and, I, and I actually think, too, if you want to be honest with yourself, a lot of the kids that are being recruited don't watch college football that much at all. <laughs> you know, like right. I think they I watch the games they go to, but they're they're yeah, not they're yeah, not like they us. They're not sitting around from yeah. noon, noon to midnight watching games. Last Saturday, I woke up at nine thirty, and I didn't leave the couch till I had to do the Andy show at eleven p.m. <laughs> and uh, you know, I'm not proud of it, but it's, you, know, you got to be you got to be locked in. And college or high school football recruits like are out watching film on Saturday mornings. When I was in high school, when we when we played football on Friday night. The first thing we did on Saturday morning was come in and watch film. And then they're spending time with their family, you know, doing stuff on their weekend. They're not like us. So, you know, to me, I feel like if I were a recruit and these recruits rightfully do believe that they are the thing that's going to solve the problem. Um, but there is one of the perils of recruiting nationally um, for a program that hasn't really been all that accustomed to that type of success on a grand scale from States that far away, like Louisville is this year. So you know, what would happen if they had a disaster of a season? It would not shock me if a few of those guys, you know, flipped or went elsewhere. But also, too, you have to take into account that some of these players might be committed to Louisville for reasons that have nothing to do with wins or losses. Um, and if that's the case, then then they won't. So, um, yes, a very interesting point that you made and certainly excited to see how they how they sign or what they sign and how they finish. I would argue also that not having in-state kids in their class, specifically kids from Louisville, in this regard, can help them. When you are – you live in Louisville. Now, we don't know how much kid, high school kids, as you mentioned, they've got so much going on, how much they're paying attention. They're not listening to sports radio. They're, they're probably not on message boards. But there's a lot of negativity in Louisville right now. There's Whatever team's struggling, there's just negativity around the town. If you live in California – you know the team lost, but you're not dealing with it. You're not going to school, you know, with a bunch of Kentucky fans who are taunting you or anything like that. So I, I think some, sometimes it can hurt when you when you recruit locally and then and, and everyone's sort of against the coach and it just there's so much negativity. You buy into that at all? Um, yeah, I, I think so. I mean, here's the here's the thing though that I think is the most important thing to track when like criticizing a program for not recruiting their state really well. And I'm going to ask you trivia because you like to put me on the spot. So I'm going to put yeah. you on the spot. What's the ranking of the hi highest rated player in the state of Kentucky this year? National? Um, 272. Nope. 359. A little bit lower, 387. Okay. And then it drops off to 436, 506, 602, 650. Not a great year in the state. There's been good years so, recently. You know, like I think too, it's just like. I've always been somebody who's quick to point out if you're not taking care of your home turf, then you're not doing it right. But I also know too, that sometimes it's just not there, yeah. you know? And if it's not there, then what are you going to do? Get mad at like give Louisville crap because they didn't sign five players out of Kentucky this year. Maybe they want to sign better players, you know, yeah. in Kentucky right now for, um, for their class. It's funny. You know, we, we talk about how well they've done in Ohio. They're, Kentucky's got two players, right? Two players from Ohio, but they have five commitments in Kentucky. So if you're a Kentucky fan, you got to be like, well, I hope they're analyzing this right yeah. or that they're evaluating this right because that's five players um, in that state um, 
and the best rated player in the state that they got was fifth in Kentucky. So, you know, you're talking about the player that's ranked 657, 694, and then three who aren't even ranked at all. So, you know, is that good because they're in Kentucky or is that not what you'd want to see if you're a Kentucky fan? I think there's some push-pull there when it comes to recruiting your state um, and ignoring it and, like, what the right balance is there. Yeah, totally. Um, one thing that one, – one note that uh, we, we traded texts um, about Washington this week at some point, but we did. one thing I was thinking about when I was uh, watching was football this Sunday? week – uh, Excuse me? Was it on Sunday? Because I don't recall this. <laughs> I'm not sure. Okay. <laughs> You sent me a lot of texts Saturday at like 1.30 in the morning. I, I, I did? Yeah. <laughs> you up? <laughs> um, aside from working with you, one great thing about covering recruiting and working, you know, paying so much attention to recruiting is I'm so much more familiar with the freshmen than I used to be. Like, Isn't it fun? My, yeah. All my years at Athlon Sports, like I knew personnel around the country so well. Like I could just tell you everything about every team – but I didn't really know the freshmen outside of the five stars. You know, I, I would know the big recruits. But now, like, I'm watching Michigan State Friday night and Jeremy Bernard, the wide receiver, who decommitted from Washington, four stars. Like, oh, yeah, I remember talking about remember that guy. Him? Yeah, it's, it's, so it's cool. I mean, like, I just – and it's – we've been working together for two years, so it's like this, you know, I get just more familiar every year. Think about four years from now how well you're going to know the personnel in general. Yeah. But the thing that I found having a hard time this week, and I don't know if you had this too, and John Hayes, our producer, is listening. I'd be curious to hear his thoughts too. But I had a lot of instances of he's on this team now because it's like really, really hard to keep track of all the transfers. So I'm very curious to see how it's going to feel like in five years when it becomes more and more apparent. No, I'm sorry. Prevalent. Yes. Yeah. I, I try. I mean, definitely with the quarterback position, I paid attention to where guys are. Uh, but there's, yeah, there's just so many guys where you're watching a game and they're like a transfer. He's a transfer. I'm like, where from? I don't remember, you know, and just, you, yeah. Or, or either you don't, you hadn't heard of him and he's from like a group of five school or from his a P five school and you didn't know the guy left or good players just on new teams. Since you call me out, Ari, I'm jumping in here. Yeah. I want to hear, and I'm going to ask you another question too. There's the, the perfect example of this was when I tuned into LSU, Florida state, and I saw Florida state on like three defensive plays and said, Holy crap. I did not expect him, the, the Knowles, to look this good. They looked amazing, and there was a crop of all new transfer players on that squad. Yeah, I got another mailbag bag question, too, I want to hear your, your opinion on. Okay. And you know where this is headed, I think. John went to Penn State, big Penn State guy. What is your take on my take on Drew Out? Let's put it this way. If, if Clifford didn't have a great final drive – every Penn State fan would be calling for him this weekend to get the ball and, and play the rest of the season. So, I mean, this is truly – it's on a knife's edge, man. It's like if once Clifford has a three-interception game, the, the crowd is going to be calling for Aller. I promise but you're, you. But you're okay right now st sticking with Clifford? I think – it's up to you, would you just go with the kid? I, I wouldn't go with the kid this weekend because they're playing Ohio, get Clifford in there, have him play well. Aller's going to get reps too. But then the following week, you get you go down to Auburn, and Clifford starts off the game with a couple picks. Penn State's down fourteen early. Throw that kid in there. Get him. The you rip. got to get the sink. Get the yeah. Get him out there. And it's but good that like he played game. at Purdue. I mean Auburn's. A, you know Auburn's. Am I just, a louder louder stadium? But that was a great environment at Purdue. I don't know if I'm just a biased five star quarterback. You, dude. Yes, you are. But go ahead. But like I thought he looked awesome. 
I knew after his first throw, the first thing I thought of was not good throw. I was like, how excited is Ari Wasserman? Like, I, I don't know. Like, there's a smoothness to these guys that just doesn't exist with some of the other players. And the funniest thing about it, too, is that I watched the entire Clemson game thinking, like, yes. on, on Sunday night, was it, or Monday night? And thinking, like, how long is this going to go on for? Well, that, that one's more, to me, that one's just as or more likely to have a quarterback change in the next few weeks. Yeah. Too. I mean, I... I don't know, man. I know that DJ was a five-star player and uh, in his own right, and you know they have a lot of high hopes for him. But man, you know, having watched Kate Klubnik at the Elite Eleven and you know following his recruitment very closely, and you know what we saw out of him in his one drive, I just like, I mean, Clemson's offense might actually stink. Did not look great. I mean, so, that was I don't yeah. Know. I watched uh, obviously watched that game too. Um, you you made a note. I think you just made this like an offhand comment in your mailbag and we need to make this something official and you know, we need to brand it and get, you said something, I, it might've been, I don't even know who's in reference to, it might've been Billy Napier, but he'll win my recruiting coach of the year. We need to have the Ari, Ari's recruiting coach of the year. I know. And then we should write a story about it at the end yeah. of the year or, or best, yeah. like best head coach and best assistant. Yeah. And then talk to the SIDs and write a story about that. Yeah. It, it's not just obviously, Alabama, you know, Nick say it's it's just based on level of expectation, where they've been, who exceeded expectations. Yeah, if I were if I were to actually do that, I think that I would pick somebody. You know, you should put it on smart sheets. I think we actually should, like at the end of the cycle, you know, name our favorite assistant or who did the best from an assistant coach's standpoint and pick the best head coach uh, for that cycle. Because there have been like, you know, Paul Chris could have won it two years ago when Wisconsin signed their first top 25 class ever. Yeah. I mean, it's. I feel like Nick Saban will never win mine because it's just like, of course. Right. It's sort of like he never wins coach of the year in the SEC. Yeah, yeah. But if Billy Napier signed a top six class this year, which I don't know if it's mathematically possible because they already have 20 commits and I think only two are top 100 players. But, you know, like somebody like that to me would be would be worthy of it. And you can make an award and brand it the athletics recruiting coach of the year and we'll get a story out of it. Talk to the guy. What did you do? How did you think it worked for you? And. You know, whoever wins, wins. But it's just like if you're looking at the rankings right now, like who's the dark horse favorite to win that so far? Like Marcus Freeman? Yeah, I would think so. So I'm envisioning a trophy. Brent Venables? I'm envisioning a trophy of – it's basically a statue of you with five stars coming out of your head. Coming out of my ear. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Five, yeah. Yeah, but like the thing about it is is that the the, the, the people who win the award probably won't have that many five stars. I know, but it's a five-star award though. So, you know. Yeah, five star coach of the year. Um, yeah. you know, right now I think it's a it's a neck and neck race between Brent Venables and and Marcus Freeman. And Are you then, committed to giving Brent Venables that award? I don't want to do anything because I want to visit other schools. But we'll, <laughs> you want to we'll, visit uh, other coaches? Yeah, I want to visit with other coaches. But looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with twenty four seven U.S. based live customer service from Discover. Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you're hiring for your small business, you want to find quality professionals that are right for the role. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs has the tools to help find the right professionals for your team, faster and for free. LinkedIn isn't just a job board. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. On LinkedIn, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Hire professionals like a professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn knows that small businesses are wearing so many hats and might not have the time or resources to hire. LinkedIn is constantly finding ways to make the process easier. They even just launched a feature that helps you write job descriptions, making the process even easier and quicker. 2.5 million small businesses use LinkedIn for hiring, and it's time you join that number. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash CFB23. That's linkedin.com slash CFB and the numbers 2-3 to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. So, John referenced Florida State the other day. You know what I got excited about when Florida State was playing well, and then we don't know about Miami yet, and Florida playing well? How awesome is it going to be if all three of those teams exceed expectations or have great years? The the battles in that state and recruiting are going to be awesome over the next few years. Oh, yeah, for sure. They already will, I think. You know, because Mario Cristobal is already doing a great job. Um Billy Napier's staff is, is doing a good job. 20 commitments, 18 blue chip players, you know. Now you want Florida to add some five stars into the mix because they have zero right now. But, you know, Oklahoma has two. Texas has three. Alabama has four. Oregon has two. And USC has two. So uh, USC's got a first-year head coach. Oregon's got a first-year head coach. Um, Oklahoma has a first-year head coach. And Notre Dame has a first-year head coach. Um, and between those, I think they have six five-star prospects. I mean, that's a pretty good, it's a pretty good chunk of the five stars going to to three or four first-year head coaches, which is yeah. kind of like how we want to say, like the flatten the curve of the flatten the curve of the coaching uh, or the talent disparity. Yeah, you know, that's a good way to start. This I saw this. This would just be interesting. The timing of it because it was right. It was the day after Florida State's win. I saw one of the two four seven uh, analysts crystal had a crystal ball flip from Roderick Kearney, the four star. I think offensive line might be a defensive lineman from Florida State to Florida. That would add some serious. Oh boy. Can you uh, go, look him up? I think he's a fringe top one hundred guy. Roderick okay. Kearney. Uh, Roderick Kearney. Yeah, I think he's one ten, one twenty, and he's there was one of those guys from Florida. State who committed to Florida State like immediately after his visit to Florida, and it was this Florida State was eating that up like, hey, he just went to Gainesville and then committed to us. Like, yeah, yeah. Later. I mean, it was like, and that was a it was a bad look for Florida State. Um, for Florida, I didn't, I, yeah. or Florida, I mean, but it's a good look for Florida State. But I, you know, the whole point of this is is that this is going to happen with regularity, mm-hmm. and and the hope is that they'll do it to each other, and that yeah. Alabama won't do it to them. You know, because exactly. that's what. Uh, Roderick Kearney is a offensive lineman ranked number 121 overall nationally from Orange Park, Florida, currently committed to Florida State, uh, number six interior offensive lineman in the country. Yeah, he might have been the one that committed immediately after his visit to Florida. And um, I believe it. I'm 95 percent sure it was. And now there's I mean, yeah, I see all these crystal balls flipping back to Florida now, which is hilarious. Especially since Florida has stayed in one of its biggest wins in years the other night, too. So that, that like, kind of answers like, our question, too. Does winning necessary? I mean, obviously, Florida had a big win, too, but, you know, the, he's not flipping to Florida because they, he's not, he's not like down on Florida State because of their performance, obviously. No, yeah. It's just, 
it's like getting asked to prom with two two beautiful girls when you're in high school, right? And you don't know exactly which one you'd want to go with. So you pick one. And you think you're having a good time. You're at dinner. You're taking pictures. You throw on the corsage. Then you go to prom and the other one's got a really, really pretty dress on. <laughs> and you think she's gorgeous and you dance with her the whole night. Is Who this did a you personal prom story? With? Is this a personal story? Already? No. Um, I went to prom my junior year with a senior. Ooh. Or my sophomore year even. I can't. I think it was one or the other. And then my junior year... I didn't go because I was in Hawaii with my family. Did your school have a junior prom and a senior prom? Not that I recall. I just think it was okay. Because my my school, small school, we had two different proms, and I was telling my wife and kids that, and they couldn't believe it. Like, no, I think that's weird. Yeah, I think that everybody just has a prom, and only we had a junior prom and a senior prom. So, Um, but I think juniors and seniors were invited. Buddy, it's been like what? How long? Seventeen years since I graduated high school, which is insane. It's been a lot longer for me. Yeah, I don't even want to know when you graduated. You probably still have your yearbook in that office of yours, though, don't you? Uh, you I, flip through it looking at the glory days or what? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I Mitch do, peaked in high school, everyone. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm peaking next year. That's my plan. <laughs> okay. A um, little trivia for you. This is not the trivia question, but I was curious, too, so I looked it up. I should have, I should have guessed before I I think I if we did you. an entire podcast of, of trivia, it would be a good show. Yeah. Uh, this is this isn't really like this isn't one like you have to you just have to guess. It's not one you would know. Okay. How many top one hundred players are uncommitted? Damn. Uh forty four. You really do stink at this. Twenty two. You said I'm not gonna know to guess, and then I not but I don't know, and then I guess off by hundred percent. Well, I mean, if I picked four instead of two, and it was, that's still 100%, doesn't right. mean it's bad. You know what? At least you picked a number that was actually yeah, realistic. I mean, you didn't say 105. Yeah, I know all the quarterbacks are off the board. I don't know. I, I just uh, – most. It's interesting. Most of the guys 51 through 100 are committed. There's only like four – there's only maybe like six or seven guys. I think the further you go down almost, the more guys are committed because they want to grab their spots. Yeah, but they, how many of them are truly committed? Okay. I don't know. I'd say 44 are uh, are live on the board if we're going to go with the Brent Venables definition. Okay. Well, they so I was maybe, honest, I was they, right. they don't they don't designate like committed, truly committed, extremely committed. You said They're, I was terrible, so I'm just going to tell you maybe I'm not that bad. They should have like going steady, engaged, married. That should be the three levels of commitments. And you don't and you get the married when you sign. Yes. Committed is what like I I, I think I like you, but I'm not sure. And then I think no committed's engaged. Committed's engaged. Soft commit? I don't know. We'll have to work on this. Yeah. Interested. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Engaged. Married. Yeah. All right. We're gonna bounce around the nation a little bit. Yeah, Um, let's bounce around the nation. LSU got a big commitment from Zalance Hurd, four star offensive tackle from Monroe, Louisiana. 63 overall, number three in the state. So we we I'm just we we've talked a lot about LSU, but even though they had a tough loss on Monday uh, Sunday night, it's improving a little bit in state. They have three of the top seven and four of the top eleven in the state. Um, there's only yeah. one uncommitted blue chipper in the state, uh, a cornerback, Martavius Moss. So this is still not up to LSU standards. You know, it's still like certain Moss is like somewhere in the three fifty. So we're kind of yeah. out of or like it's like the state is already finished. Yes. So this isn't what 
Brian Kelly needs to do in the future and what LSU has done in the past, but it's not a debacle, right? No, it's not a debacle. And um, one of our most loyal commenters and readers and listeners at The Athletic, Catherine B., got to shout her out because she said – There might might be uh, – Catherine P. might be getting a very large shout-out from The Athletic soon. Yes, I heard. Um, But here's the small one. She does she like a, you, by the way? Does she? I comment think on she you? does. She okay. comments on my stories, and I and isn't mean, which is like a nice departure from what I normally get. Right. But um, she had uh, Shelton Sampson and Zalance Hurd and um, the quarterback uh, that they got from Purdue to flip Ricky Collins. Yeah, yeah. Um, all on a list, and he, she said, "This is all going to happen." And then when it does, you know, she's putting check marks next to it. It all happens. So. Um, you know, they went the seven overall class in the country. Um, you know, I think five top 100 players, nine players out of Louisiana, four out of Georgia, two out of Texas. It's a nice balanced class. It's not necessarily where LSU wants to be next year, but for the first go around, especially if you just like dismiss Arch Manning, because like that's not normal. Right. You know, like next year, the number one player in the in the in the state will probably just be some five-star defensive tackle or something <laughs> that they'll end up getting. Um, and if you like look at their 2024 class right now, um, they have five commitments already, one of which is from Louisiana. And uh, there's a lot of talent in that state. Next year, already the number one player in the in the state is a five-star safety named Tylen Singleton. And he's already crystal balled to LSU. So, um uh, you know, I, I'm sure it'll correct itself, but for a first go around, it wasn't terrible. Yeah, no, definitely. And, um, you know, I don't, there's not going to be a flurry of B commitments, you know, based on their performance this year. Um, so I, we expect them to sign it easily. At that was game. a really rough game to watch, though. Yeah. I mean, they lost by one and they had an amazing comeback and it was really fun to watch, but like they got their butts kicked for three and a half quarters. Yeah, I was really impressed with Colorado uh, with Florida State. I thought Jordan Travis was really good. Like, mm-hmm. I was not expecting that, but I thought he was really good. And like as John said, they they uh, they, they kind of they looked good and athletic. Um, yeah, so so good performance there. All right, we are going to go to a state that you're very familiar with, Arizona. And we we say it many times in this podcast. Well, I think it is the most underrated state for talent. You just year in and year out, the amount of blue chippers they have. And this year is actually not a great year for blue chippers there. There's nine in the state. None are committed to Arizona. None are committed to Arizona State. Six of six of the nine are committed. Two to Oregon, BYU, Notre Dame, USC, and Baylor. Only one player is in the states committed to an in-state school. Genesis Smith, a safety, number 1,141, and number 17 in-state, 17 in the state to Arizona. Everyone, I mean, at your alma mater, Arizona, great win. They're recruiting well. But what the hell is going on? Why can't – and we know why Arizona State's not recruiting well. It's just – it's staggering that the, no, these two schools do not recruit better in state. And the number one player in the state is a tight end named Deuce Robinson, and that guy's – USC, right? Probably. Six foot six, 230-pound yeah. dude with a six-pack. I mean, it's like Kyle Pitts out there, and he's probably going to end up at USC, though he's – also considering Georgia uh, very closely. That's all Georgia needs is another amazing time. Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe that's exactly how it happens. You know, like yeah. Brock Bowers goes out there and is awesome this year, and Deuce Robinson's watching it, and he goes, hey. I mean, Deuce Robinson might play receiver at the next level. He was catching passes at the Elite 11, 
And I was like, oh, my God, who the hell is that? Like, I couldn't <laughs> take my eyes off of him. So, I mean, I don't know, man. I, I just like I think the Arizona thing, it's just like a cultural thing. A lot of transplants. There's no, there's no it's a lot of transplants because like my my parents aren't from Arizona. So I grew up in Arizona, but we didn't have Arizona like lineage, you know. Mm -hmm. And I think all of my friends were like from New Jersey or New York or whatever. People moved to Arizona. Um, and like there's no connection whatsoever to the in-state schools. And Tucson might as well be on a different planet from Phoenix, even though it's only two hours away. It's like when I was growing up, I never went to Tucson ever. I mean, I didn't go to Tucson until I went to visit for college. Um, so, I mean, what's the explanation there? Maybe it's because Arizona State's in shambles or maybe Arizona still has more to prove because they seem to be far more competent than they were under the previous regime, which is exciting. I mean, beating the crap out of San Diego State's a nice win for them. I mean, San Diego State's a nice program. Did you um, text Antonio, our, our friend yes. and colleague Antonio? Yes, incessantly during the game. <laughs> Just because I know he cares. I, I, I don't actually care, but <laughs> I was also texting him incessantly during the USC game. I think he had enough of me by the end of Saturday night. He but, said, uh, I think there was a message. What, did, he, did he tweet this or did he just might have texted tweeted it? it. Yeah, he said, haven't experienced the college football Saturday until Ari Wasserman is <laughs> tweeting you play-by-play -play from the game you're covering. Yeah. <laughs> texting you play-by-play -play from the game you're covering. First college football game I ever saw. Arizona he told State. me that the USC spread was too high. Yeah. He was uh, they wrong. covered. They covered. I'll buy a lot. Is 66 points a lot? Yes. First uh, college football game I ever saw, Arizona State Rutgers in the 1978 Garden State Bowl. Our neighbors were from uh, – my friend's parents were from Phoenix and went to Arizona State. So Where was that? In, it was in New Jersey? The, the Garden, Garden State, State Bowl? Bowl? Yes. Yeah. Imagine that. Yeah. Uh, Meadowlands. So. Meadowlands. Wow. I'm happy that you had a good time. Who won? I didn't say I had a good time. I just it was the first game Who I went Who won? To. Arizona State won big. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think Rutgers was only invited to the Garden State Bowl because it was the Garden State Bowl. Sometimes like, I just like go to bed and I dream like, what happens if Deion Sanders is the coach at Arizona State? Like, what if they hire somebody who's just awesome, like personality, who can like make it cool? Because Arizona State could be cool. It's I like you know, it's like Giants an overused term, and I know there's some things you've talked about, some cultural things that maybe will prevent it from ever being awesome. But to me, Arizona State's in that mix. I think you can make the case for Arizona State that from a recruiting standpoint, it has the furthest to go, or it has the furthest gap between what it is now and what it could be. Because, like, we talk about, like, Oregon State and Syracuse and some of these places where it's a hard job. But, like, Arizona State, with the right coach, it would take a lot. You know, a lot would have to work, and it would, it would take a long time. But Arizona State could win a national championship, in my opinion. Like, if you made Tempe cool, yeah. like, if you had the right person that could brand it like the badass, the badass place to go to school where you can just go to have a good time. Could um, Mel Tucker make – he's, he's I think it would Michigan take, State a destination, more of a destination. Could Mel – or do you need more of a superstar? I think you would need somebody who kids have heard of already. And I think Mel Tucker would do a much better job than what's currently going on there. So don't okay, let's say wrong. someone like Mel Tucker has four great. I know he's got a ten-year contract, where, but if he goes four great years, he he wins, he wins two Big Ten titles, and then Arizona State break, opens opens the checkbook and hires him. He wins I'm two just, Big Ten titles. Yeah, that means they probably went to the playoff a few times. Then, yeah, um, maybe. Yeah. yeah, I just like think Deion Sanders would be perfect because yeah. he's prime time. Yeah, and if you and if you. And, like, you call him primetime. It's not just a nickname. If you made Coach Arizona Prime. State primetime, 
Yeah. Like if the entire program resembled his whole persona and anybody who played at ASU like came there with the intent of being showy and, um, you know, opening your mouth and talking shit and all the things that you could, like, you could be like, if you could make Arizona state the you, I think that they would be awesome. Yeah. I mean, good Not place to mention to that they're, they're a four hour drive away from a, the most fertile recruiting ground on the West coast. Arizona, the state itself is is ripe with talent. There's a ton of quarterbacks that come out of there. They're Texas. in Texas. They've got cool uniforms. They're the Sun Devils. Their stadium is built into the side of a mountain. It's one of the funnest places you can go to college in America. The weather's amazing. Scottsdale borders Tempe in Old Town. Like it's like you're telling me that like Washington State can eclipse the <laughs> college football playoff rankings when it's in freaking idaho basically <laughs> but you can't recruit kids to scottsdale yeah i'm, I'm with you it's, a, I, it's crazy i think uh she's only half kidding but my daughter zoe wants to go to arizona state law school just because she, she knows should. tempe is a fun place you know my um, best friend go went to arizona state law school and i tell her that uh you might have i don't know my best friend went to arizona state law school and let's just say he's not hurting for his next paycheck okay Cool. Medical malpractice. That's what I should have done. <laughs> yeah. He always, he always says, like, oh, well, you should have come to law school with me. We would have had an awesome partnership. Yeah. And I, I always thought to myself, like, that would have been a really cool life. You too. talk about recruiting malpractice instead of medical malpractice. <laughs> yes. Yes. Malpractice should, is my favorite word. Should coaches, uh, should Kevin Sumlin have bought recruiting malpractice insurance? <laughs> recruiting malpractice insurance. <laughs> so he would can't have, get sued? Yeah. I think that he, I think that the recruiting po- or the insurance company would have found negligence. To be <laughs> And they wouldn't pay out out. out the premium because in order to get your premium, you have to try. Um, But yeah, that's funny. I, uh, there's coaching malpractice, which is punting in plus territory. Yes. And uh, there's recruiting malpractice, which is having a terrible recruiting strategy. Yeah. And then none or none. none. Um, Yeah. All right. Here's another state close by Arizona and a team that did not get off to a good start. Colorado. Ten players in the state are committed to Power Five schools. Colorado has two of them, ranked one thousand three hundred and eleven, and ranked one thousand four hundred ninety-three. State has two four stars, one going to Oregon, one going to Arizona. The quarterback, Braden Dorman, I believe his name is. Colorado is ranked forty-seventh in recruiting this year with seventeen commits. Highest ranked recruit is six twenty-three. We always talk about how. Coaching hires are so difficult to evaluate because we just don't know. Carl Durrell was not a good hire. It's not panning out. There was no way, in my opinion, he was going to be very successful there. And it's just he's not recruiting. He's not winning. So that's another state that's not like Arizona. It doesn't have as many good players. But they're you, know just, what, you know what Oregon does? And it might they, be a good story. They just take the best player in every other Pac-12 state. Because they're cooler. But like – the number one player in the state of Colorado, I think, is ranked in the 600 somewhere. Yeah. So it's not like a sexy commitment, but he is the best player in that state. He's a three-star edge rusher. Um, 638 overall goes to Oregon. And if you go look at Oregon's class. Well, they've got to do that because there's not that many players in Oregon. No, I know, but the fact that they keep – they always take the best player. Now, maybe not out of California. They've got the third highest rated player out of California who's a five-star prospect, five-star receiver. 
Um, but like, if you go look at, or like last year too, they did it in Arizona. Oregon's class has commitments out of Washington, Utah, Oregon, Nevada, Mississippi, Michigan, Idaho, uh, Washington, DC, Colorado, Texas, California, and Arizona. Like they, they really like, when you talk about like PAC 12 territory, they go out and they nab those middle tier guys that you don't really think about because they're in, they're in states that aren't necessarily known for having talent. They just grab them. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's good strategy when you don't have a, a great state to recruit from. Um, state of Michigan, not a ton of intrigue here. You know, number one, Dante Moore is going to Oregon. But this is interesting to me. The numbers, numbers two through six players are staying in state. Two to Michigan, three to Michigan State. Last year, three of the top six and five of the top ten stayed in state. 2021, Michigan signed four of the top seven. Michigan did not sign any of the top 15. What caught my attention basically was that, you know, obviously we know what happened with Dante Moore, but numbers two through six are staying in that state. And that's what you'd expect. Michigan and Michigan State should be getting the majority of the top 10 players in that state. Yeah. And then you look at the at the other players in that state. You got two going to Cincinnati, which is a really good job for Luke Fickle. Both of those are top 500 players. And you got Northwestern picking that. one up too. So, you know, Cincinnati, actually, if you like look at it right now, I have three of the top 11. Um, so that might be an interesting story for Justin Williams to kind of like, why is Michigan becoming a important recruiting territory for Cincinnati? Because, you know, those are definitely group of five caliber players that, you know, are probably power five caliber players. I mean, not group of five. Yeah, totally. Um, I did notice that about Cincinnati. And that's, you know, that's whether it's going into Kentucky, going to Michigan, they've got to get the, the that next tier. They might not get the top 200 guys, national guys from those states, but they got to get that next tier. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Alabama, we have talked about them in the past. Just sort of an update. Uh, 22 blue chippers in the state, which is just amazing. Seven, uh, seven five stars. What state? Alabama. Alabama, got it. Okay. Yeah. Um, 
18 of the 22 Blue Jippers are committed. Alabama has five. Auburn has three. Tennessee and Clemson have two. Penn State, Kentucky, Georgia, Florida, Florida State, and Michigan State have one each. The five stars are going to Clemson in the order they're ranked. Clemson, Alabama, Alabama, Clemson, and Georgia. Top player in the state's uncommitted James Smith, a defensive lineman from Montgomery. So, um, Where do you think he's going to go? Uh, University of Alabama. Is he crystal balled anywhere? Have you looked up? He doesn't was, have to be. Yeah. Um, but, hey, Clemson got two five-stars from from uh, yep. Alabama. You know, One's was, a quarterback and one's a defensive lineman, and those are the two best types of five-stars you can get. Yep, yep. So, uh, great year in the state, and we talked – it just wasn't – there's there's a lot a lot of defensive linemen to this. So, so there's a lot of, uh, you know, Alabama's not going to sign seven defensive linemen. So, you know, there's going to be some some there for the taking from, from other schools. The thing about it, too, is that there's 13 top 150 players. Just and only five of those thirteen are going to Bama. So good on good on uh, Florida and Florida State for jumping in there too. Yeah, and you know Alabama doesn't. They're going to take the players they want. They're not going to take a kid, you know, just because he's in state. Yeah, know, but they, two they, remaining five star prospects out there. You know, if Alabama gets both of them, which you know, I don't know what their defensive line numbers are because a lot of these players that are in this state are defensive linemen, but they could get four top 30 players out of their own state in a single class. I wonder when's the last time that's happened. Yeah. Um, all right, let's go over some notable commitments. Uh, we talked about Zalance Hurd. I guess it's Zalance. Zalance Hurd from LSU, the, the offensive lineman, top 100 player. Oregon, as mentioned earlier, Amari Washington, four-star defensive lineman from Chandler, Arizona, number 159 overall. Texas A&M, Bravion Rogers, four-star cornerback, um, Number, I think he's in the 40s. I have a typo here, but he was a top 50 national player, so a fringe five star. Interesting thing about him, he was committed to AM in April, decommitted in August. He re de recommitted, whatever we want to say, re recommitted last week. And then Oregon, I should have doubled, I should have talked about these together. Blake purchased four star edge from Colorado, Inglewood, Colorado, 283. So, um, I for the second week in a row, Ari, I teased that ranking story. But we can talk about that any week because we have, I have some good mailbag stuff that I want to talk to. Uh, I want to get into that might take us more time. So is that okay? Cool? Let's do that. Yeah. All right. Um, this one, there were several versions of this in the mailbag, so I kind of just changed a little bit. But we don't need a number here. But how many Power Five schools could Nick Saban win a national title at? Like, I think someone asked, could he win one at Rutgers or somewhere like that? Where, where, where's your cutoff? How many years does he get at that place? Whatever. As long, I mean, no one's going to fire Nick Saban, so just eventually. And take his age out of it, you know, you know, just because he's not going to coach for 15 more years. But Well, I think that his brand is already so big that I would say all of them. Okay. That was okay. It's his brand. Like, if his brand was good after LSU, but it's his brand now that is the reason you answer that way, right? Yeah, I also think too that I mean he's a great coach, but it's if it's, a, if you know the thing that you have to to consider is that if Nick Saban's just the head coach, there are certain schools that wouldn't match the financial support in all of the aspects of the program that he would need to excel. Um, and I don't have a list in front of me of who those would be. So, like just based on brand alone, you know, I think that 
you know, he'd have a pretty good chance. But like, if he went to Syracuse, and I'm not picking on Syracuse, but it's one of the Syracuse one and zero in the ACC. Syracuse, it's one of the tougher jobs to compete at on a national level year after year. But if they don't want to match the recruiting budget necessary, or to pay for the official visits, or all the things that you that go into it, a new nutrition, a new facility, all this, all that stuff matters. And he works in a place that will write a blank check for whatever he wants and needs. I think that the thing that could stop Nick Saban is going to a place that doesn't have an athletic director or an athletic administration or the boosters that have the capital in order ne- that were necessary in order to win at a high level. But I think that he could get commitments from elite level players at every place that he goes to. So I'm going to say all of them. And he wouldn't go to a place unless he it was aligned. Because he legitimizes them. Yeah. No, I, I – I'd love to see it. I would have looked five years ago. Just if he goes to Oregon State and just see. Can you what imagine, he does like, there. if Nick Saban just took the USC job when Lincoln did. Like what? What? Like what would happen? They might. Have, they might have covered against Rice. They did cover. I know. I know. Antonio like, doesn't know that though. I hope he does. He's our USC writer. He's a very poor gambler. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's zero two so far. Are you a good gambler? No. I mean, I'm not terrible at it. <laughs> um, I just, I have come to the terms that sports gambling is just impossible. That's why casinos and bookies make money. If you do it enough, you know, you'll have your spots, but it is a very hard thing to be profitable in. Um, but I'm very good at poker. So, yeah. So, so you say. Yeah. Good. Um, this was a timely question. And I gambled on my uh, on taking a job at the athletic that paid off pretty well. Yeah, that, there you go. Um, they, nobody knew who the athletic was when I. Yeah, you you were. Uh, for those that don't know, Ari Wasserman, literally right, the first college football reporter, first college football writer at the athletic. So you know, gambling isn't just placing a bet on the Utah State game. You know, gambling is a is a way of you know. Yeah, the way you operate in life. Did you have to? Uh... So you had already been covering Ohio State. Yeah. The fact that you they you know, I guess I was covering what, Ohio what did you State tell the SID the... to get a press pass? Like like did, did, how long did it take? Nothing. I mean, okay, that's not the way way. Oh. that's not the what I meant to say. Like explaining to people what the hell the athletic was. Like I think now more people, maybe because the New York Times purchased, I'm finding less and less of people not knowing what the athletic is. But back then, I mean you probably everyone knows what it is now. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Back then, the reason why The Athletic was successful is because they had enough funding to hire enough writers to legitimize it. Like that still, was outside number people one. Know, like, people. Yeah, but like at that point in my career, I'd been covering Ohio State for six years. So I had a big enough following that people didn't care where it was. They would have read it as long as they got the information. Um, and enough people did that in enough markets where The Athletic became – what it was, but my first game covering Ohio State for the athletic was at Indiana in 2017, and my seat was behind a pole. Was that the like, Thursday night like, game? Yeah, it was a Thursday night game. Was, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and I remember um, that might have been J.K. Dobbins' first game. Yeah, I think it was. I've um, heard you and Landis talk about it. But I remember because when you worked for the Cleveland Plain Dealer, it was the largest paper in Ohio. You know, you got front and center. You got the treatment was, and I remember thinking, this is going to be very hard because it's like this, no one's heard of this publication. 
I'm going to try to get interviews. I'm going to call people on the phone. Hey, yeah, that's what, that was what I was getting at. Just like, yeah, people, people are like, what the hell is that? You know, and I run into that very rarely now, which is good. Yeah. Um, so this was a question in, did you read, it's okay if you didn't, I know you're traveling. Did you read Grace Rayner's uh, recruiting mailbag last week? I have not yet. No, you should read Grace's work. It's good. I do read Grace's. You said you weren't going to give me shit. <laughs> I, I, and the I, first thing you did was what? <laughs> give you shit. I read Grace's work all the time. Um, so this was a question in there and it's a fun question and fun, fun to speculate. Unexpected recruiting rivals. Let me see if you have any before I go over what we, you know, Grace and I kind of talked about it together um, and see, see if you have any suggestions. It's, it's, there's a lot of schools recruit the same players, I guess. So it's a difficult question, but anything come to your, come to mind. You mean like just from territory bashes? Yeah. Like Ohio state, and Notre Dame. I don't think that's unexpected, but those are the Ohio rivals. state and Clemson's a huge recruiting battle. Right. Again, uh, not rival. unexpected yeah. because they're both, top five programs that's an interesting question to put me on the spot yeah. for what were her answers um well i i reached out to some of our writers some of our, our beat writers for any suggestions and christian capel actually said washington and notre dame have gone head to head washington's actually one of the five guys he there's four really? guys there's four guys on the washington roster right now that had legitimate offers from notre dame and then notre dame's got was isaiah foskey is from washington i think He's at Notre Dame, and they've got a they've got a, Notre Dame has a commitment from a 2023 running back in state. Um, so that was one. Here's one. See, I, I was thinking about it differently. I was thinking about territories that teams that would never be rivals on the field would run into each other in the recruiting realm. It's like Penn State, Virginia Tech could be like a big one. You know. Well, here's here's what I suggested to, because I worked with um, with uh, Josh Kendall at South Carolina before it became a Falcons writer. When they hired that new staff, uh, Shane Beamer, a lot of the focus is the Northeast and the court, the mid Atlantic corridor because of the, some of the coaches they have there. So I said Penn state and or Maryland against South Carolina. Cause South Carolina is going to want to go up in Pennsylvania and they they have gone head to head on a couple of guys. Yeah. I mean, I, th I thought Penn state, Virginia tech would be good because Penn state emphasizes Virginia and they're kicking but, ass in Virginia this year. And their head coach was on their staff. So that's, what about UMass and Michigan? That's yeah. It's I mean, that's uneven though. I mean, UMass is going to once Don Brown I'm making gets, a joke. I know, and so was I. I was saying oh. UMass is going to dominate him once they get, you know, once Don Brown gets a few years under his belt. Um, um, what about USC and Texas? That's a good one. They seem to be bumping heads quite a bit. How about Kentucky versus versus every Big Ten team not named Ohio State? Then that's that's not on a, that's happening. Yeah. Like Michigan State, Kentucky or Yeah. Are pretty big. Yeah. Um try to think about like Notre Dame. Like where do they go? You know, Michigan, everywhere. Michigan and USC uh is a good one because Michigan spends time in, in California. Um yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. With some data you could you could come up with some really good answers. Yeah, but again, a lot of them are tough because some of these schools recruit the same kids too. Like Georgia, like Georgia's, they, you know, Georgia, Alabama, of course they're recruiting. I mean, rivals. Virginia, North Carolina, but they're in the same conference. Right, right. Um, It'll be interesting to see once these super conferences come to a, to a head where, like how recruiting territories will shift, if they will at all. But it's like Virginia, like North Carolina has tried to own North Carolina, but 
their second frontier is into Virginia. They got a five-star defensive lineman out of Virginia last year, you know, but I don't know if Virginia, so it's like, it could be North Carolina, Penn state or North Carolina, Maryland, or teams that try to recruit that, to recruit that state. If you're looking at like out of conference answers. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh... in Clemson, North Carolina was a big one. Yeah, definitely. But that's not unexpected. That's that's like right on the nose. Right. You expect Clemson to go after all the isn't Clemson only like three hours or two and a half hours away from Chapel Hill? Yeah, I don't know how close it is. It's I'm trying to think. Yeah. It's I like mean, right it's like two hours south of Charlotte. Yeah, it's it's that it's I mean northeast corner of the state. Um, yeah. like as the crow flies, it's close to Knoxville, actually. Uh, but you gotta you gotta wind through Does the Does the crow flies mean that you're not going on roads? Yes, just point A to point B. Oh. But like you can't always get there because Knoxville to uh, Clemson's through the Appalachian Mountains. So like we drive we drive to Winston Salem a lot now because Gabe goes to school there. You can go through the mountains on forty, but it's actually just as quick to go up through near Blacksburg, Virginia, and drive down south. It, yeah, you're, you're not winding. The mountains are are pretty though. Yeah, true. Um, there's some and there's some, a casino in there. There's a Harrah's in the middle of the mountains there. Where? Uh, Cherokee, North Carolina. Oh, did not know you've been there. Uh, yes. <laughs> did you go when you went to Gatlinburg? No. Okay. Uh, I went and visited Britain, Florida once when I was living in Ohio and I drove like a psychopath and you stopped and in a casino on the way to visit your girlfriend on the way back. I, I took some time off and I did the scenic route and I spent two days in the Cherokee mountains gambling alone. That's depressing. No, it's not. It was awesome. <laughs> What would be depressing about that? I don't know. Just the casino by yourself? In the middle of the it was a beautiful casino. Had a room there. Okay. How'd you do? It had a spa. I was playing in a tournament. Did you fun. win? No. I, I think I placed. I didn't win. Okay. Um, ready for some trivia? Yes. Okay. My life okay. depresses you, doesn't it? <laughs> <Or> my <laughs> old life does. <laughs> I need to make a correction last week. The question was, top 25 prospects of the modern era who did not sign with a school currently in the pop, top five, I mean, power five. Ari this, guy's an, this guy's an editor, by the way. <laughs> so we had Ed Oliver, number six in 2016 to Houston. Ofa Mojita, I guess, from uh, BYU uh, in 2003, number 15 overall. And Ben Olsen, number four in 2002 to BYU as well. And then I had several people on Twitter rightfully call me out for not including Travis Hunter, the number one player in the country last year. I mean, that wasn't a big story or anything. Well, the re- Okay, the reason I got it wrong, I mean, 100% my fault, is I used the spreadsheet that I created for that ranking the top players at every recruiting spot, 1 through 25, and I did not have the class of 2022 in there because I hadn't played college football yet. So I did not have that class there, so that's how I missed them. And it's also on me for not right. getting you yeah. out on it. I, was right. like, I should have remembered that. I could say I was setting you up to see if you got it. but you No, know. you were just wrong. And you're yeah, I was just wrong. I was wrong. So. All, All right. right, so I can't wait to hear this week's. Okay. Um, how many schools – have signed a top 10 player, top 10 national player in the modern recruiting era from 2002 to 2022? How many different schools have signed at least one top 10 player? Uh, (laughs) I'm I'm mouthing noises. I'm I'm (laughs) mouthing fake numbers. 
Um, that's a really hard question, and I feel I like you've already yelled at me once today, so I'm trying yeah, this, to – This is one that I, I would not expect you – well, not – you should get within 10. Don't you think? You should get within 10. No, because there's a group of five. Right, okay, there's 130 schools, 131 schools, but My there's guess a lot is be 170. Huh? My guess is going to be 170. <laughs> there's a lot no. that you can eliminate. The number, that, the number that I would come up with is 48. You came so damn close to coming within 10. Okay. 37. Okay. Do you want to know real quick? I'll go through them. Go ahead. Houston. Uh, alphabetical order. Alabama. Arizona State. Arkansas. Auburn. BYU. Cal. Cal actually sneaks in there several times. Clemson. Colorado. Carl Durrell. You hear me? Florida. Florida State. Georgia. Houston. Jackson State. There you go. Louisville. LSU, Maryland, excuse me, Maryland, Miami, Michigan, Missouri, North Carolina, Notre Dame, Ohio State, Oklahoma, Ole Miss, Oregon, Penn State, Rutgers, South Carolina, Stanford, Tennessee, Texas, Texas A&M, UCLA, USC, Virginia, Washington, and West Virginia. If 48 oh. seemed reasonable, not all power fives, but adding a few extra group of fives in there. Yes. Um, but so 37 sounds about right. All right. I, there's one mailbag question that I started to ask you. Let's get back to it real quick. I started okay. to ask you and I got sidetracked. And I was like, it's timely because the game was last week and you hope to have a story on this dude next week. What can you find on CJ Donaldson's recruitment from Michael C? I'm working on it. Yeah. That's all. I mean, like, I, I don't know anything about it yet, but I'm scheduled to talk to him at some point next week. So three star tight end. From yeah. Gulliver Prep in Miami, number 933 overall, runs through the pit defense as a running back, as a true freshman. I think I'm he came down to – like, He came down to West Virginia and Tulane. He's a, he's a tight end. Yeah, like, that was interesting. Like, like the tight end to under, running back. Under-recruited players are good all the time. I don't find yeah. that unique. I find the position unique. Agree. Totally agree. Still hydrating, I see. Was, wasn't he uh, listed as a tight end on their roster too? He might have been, yeah. Because so, I couldn't find – his name's like uh, – he goes by C.J. Donaldson, but isn't his name like DiCarlo or something? So I couldn't even yeah, find him. Yeah, found it. Yeah. Because um, both of us had the initial thought. We did a Google search and didn't even think he had a 247 profile, but it's because it goes under DiCarlo, I believe. Yes. Um, and I found – you sent it to me and I looked at it, and um, those are the two schools that it looks like he was considering. I don't even know if he has an offers list. So, um, yeah, yes. Tulane. It came down to West Virginia and Tulane, I think. Yeah, and it's like funny because in 2020 he was a Miami Herald All Dade 5A second team selection. So you would think that that would be that he was a really good player, but um, I mean he had App State. I mean he lists an offer from Florida. Yeah, I think it lists. I think on the broadcast they said it came down to Tulane, and it did. And he also uh, visited uh, UCF or USF. Sorry, um, but I'm going to ask him about Miami, Florida, and Florida State offers and if those are real or not. And yeah, look good. Look good. Yeah. All right. Good pod. What do you think? Good pod. Good pod. Yeah. Um, it's good to see you again. I feel a lot better. Um, and then right after I hang up with you here, right on to the Andy Staples show. So we have a lot um, of shows. A lot of Ari the, today. A lot of Ari. Um, Andy Staples feed this week. Stars Matter, I hope, is one of your main lessons. We really enjoy doing it. And during the season, we're going to try to – you know, add recruiting context to some of the things that happen on Saturdays too. 
which is what we did with, you know, Clemson and Penn state a little bit this week. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for continually supporting the pod. Um, your feedback on Twitter and in emails is always important to us. And if you notice, whenever you do, Mitch has made it a point to, um, to address those things. So even when we screw up, yeah, we care a lot about your feedback and, and what you guys want to hear and what you want to talk about. And if you have suggestions or thoughts, always reach out to us because we're available. Um, other than that, thanks again for listening to the show. That was the latest edition of Stars Matter. Mm-hmm.